think when we get up there, will we recognize everybody? Will we know there's Moses going by? How will we know who's who? Do we have to all wear name tags? <laughs> will we be praising the Lord? And we look over there and we see Moses. Hey, Moses, can I get a quick selfie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you're a hero of mine. <laughs> will you sign this tablet for me? Live your life with purpose, change someone's life for the better, and leave a lasting impact on those around you. Welcome to Finish Strong, the podcast designed to help you discover your unique purpose and develop a plan to leave a powerful legacy. Dan, Brian, and Terry are ready, so let's get started. I remember in the 70s, there was a great song by the group Chicago, Questions 67 and 68 was the title of it. We don't quite have that many questions tonight that we're going to answer, but we're going to try to talk about what's on your mind. My name is Dan Wheeler. I'm joined by Brian Rowland and Terry Steen, and we have a Facebook page that is uh, at FFM60 under Fearless Faith. You'll see a three-flamed logo. And we asked this week uh, a lot of our viewers what was on their minds. And and so we're going to answer and discuss some of the top questions. But guys, what's on your mind? <laughs> well, that explains that. Neither yeah. one of us yeah, had yeah, anything yeah. to say. <laughs> That's about normal, really. <laughs> you know, what was I thinking asking you guys a question like that? Let me ask wow. John. John Matarazzo, our producer, do you have anything on your mind? What are you talking about? Because these guys don't. <laughs> so what's on your mind? <laughs> oh, we need some, some wind sound going yeah. through now, John. Yeah. That's yeah. what we need. <laughs> okay. Now, maybe That's he can true. put in crickets. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's pull this thing back together. We, we like to have fun. Fun, but we also discussed some very uh, serious topics. And I'll just move into the first question that came from Betty Lou because she has something on her mind. She says, how can we move beyond the hatred and mistrust that the pandemic has caused? How can we be the light we are called to be to our friends and our family? You know, that's an interesting question because the pandemic has caused a lot of mistrust. There's been divisions among families and friends and people have been separated. It's just been a bad deal. I mean, the vaccinated from the unvaccinated, the mask wearers from those that realize that masks don't really do anything as is kind of coming out nowadays. I mean, guys, it has caused a lot of division. So now how do we reunite with our friends? I mean, I think the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, as Christians, we need to be about love. And mm-hmm. there's several verses that talk about it. Love your friends and your family uh, and try to avoid arguments. Try to find common grounds. I mean, you know, John 13, 34 says, you know, they'll know you're Christians by your love. By this, all men will know that you love me. Do you right, love right. each other? And 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, love is patient. Love is kind. I know everybody's emotions run high on these issues, these topics, they feel strongly, but we have to stay patient and kind. Hard to do. Hey, you know, Dan, um, which part of her question, the beginning of it was, how do you move past the hatred and mistrust? Um, over in Ephesians 4.31, the Bible tells us to get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. That's the first thing we have to do. We have to do that. And then, like you were saying, the, you know, the greatest commandment, love one another like I've loved you. And that's being Christ-like, and that's what God is expecting of us, and Christ is expecting of us, and that's how we get past this. Yeah, you're right, B, and uh, and I think that the love, I, we all 
I guess as we read that, our minds all went to that being the foundational thing. You know, human nature is to be more cynical, have more hatred, have, you know, that's, that's our human nature. But if we will allow love to overcome, and in Romans 15, 2, it says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Mm-hmm. If we would go through our day seeking to love, but seeking to build up others, then the hatred dissipates, the mistrust dissipates, and the light of our Christian walk goes out to these families and to these friends. And uh, hopefully God's anointing on our life will make the difference. Yeah. Brian, I know you remember the song by the Young Bloods, Get Together. Come on, people now, smile on your brother. Everybody get together, try to love one another right now. I think we need to lead the way. Mm -hmm. And so, Betty Lou, I, I hope we answered your questions. We do need to be the light that we're called to be. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Mm -hmm. Father, which is in heaven. Brian, do you have our next question? Uh, Yeah, it's from Beth. And uh, she asked, do you believe we will be raptured before the tribulation and the appearance of the Antichrist or after? And um, I believe before. So next question. No. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you believe that, Brian? I I believe that we will be before. And... Uh, there, there's, there's several verses in the Bible that actually talk about that, but over in Revelations 3.10, um, I think it says it best. It says, because there has, uh, thou hast kept the word of my patience. We've kept the word of God in us. We as Christians, it says, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation. And that's going to be the hour of the Antichrist. And when we're going to have to take uh, the, the seal in order to buy anything, in order to... Um, buy food, buy, get money, anything. We're going to have to have the, the mark of the beast. And so he's going to keep us from that hour of temptation, which shall come upon the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And that's going to happen during the tribulation. And I really believe that before this all starts, before the Antichrist comes out, I believe we're going to be raptured out of here. And that's why people say, who do you think the Antichrist is? And I'm going, I don't really care because I don't, I don't think I'm going to know who it is anyways. It's going to, he's going to show up when I'm gone. And that's my plan anyways, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, B, and I, I have to echo what you say. I, I believe that as well. And I know there's some people that make take issue or try to create doctrine on it, whether it's pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. The bottom line for all of us is if we're ready no matter when that rapture takes place, we're going. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the bottom line. If we're uh, halfway into the tribulation, then we still don't know how bad that's going to be. Right. We just have to live our life, and when he comes, he comes. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I, I believe he will is when you look at the, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19, and Abraham kept asking, Lord, Lord, will you destroy the city if there's 50 righteous? And the Lord said, no, I won't. And then he said, if there's only 40, and he just kept going down. And, and there were just a few, but God cleared them out of the city before right. he brought his wrath down on it. And I mean, that's just another reason why I believe pre-trib. I also believe he's going to pull his church out of it because he's going to give Israel uh, and those that rejected him as the Messiah one last time under some very difficult circumstances. But uh, I believe that we're going to be out of here, too. So 
the overwhelming That's answer good. here is 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 pre-trib. Terry, do you have our next question? Yeah, yeah. This is from Robin, and she says she's 69 years old. I think we can all kind of relate to where she's at here. I believe in heaven, but I'm still nervous about dying. Is that okay? And, you know, I've noticed over the last few years specifically that the mortality seems more real all the time. We're having more friends. We're having more family members pass away. Mm -hmm. And so that's reality. And so I, I guess my response would be if you're nervous about how you're going to die, then yes, I think you could be nervous about that. But if you're nervous about when, as long as you're a Christ follower, mm-hmm. as long as you have the Lord in your life and you know where you're going, then really you shouldn't be nervous about that. And and I understand that we can, but I would say to Robin that if you just continue to grow your faith, continue to trust in God, that the anxiety or the nervousness will dissipate. You know, Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. And it tells us to pray and that the peace will overcome us. In 2 Timothy 1, 7, God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind or self-control. So these are the things I think we should focus on when those anxieties start to rise and just put our faith and trust that God has everything under control in his time. Yeah, I, I agree. And it is, you know, natural to be nervous about dying because we haven't been there before. We don't yeah. know. But when you've been around Christians who have died and passed, I know my mom, it was a very peaceful thing. And being right. with Beth, my late wife, I mean, she was seeing heaven, had her eyes fixed on the corner uh, up in the ceiling uh, of our bedroom and just wouldn't, would hardly take her eyes off it. And I finally asked her, what do you see? And she said, heaven. And the way she said it, and I said, is it beautiful? And she said, oh, yes. And, you know, we don't have to be afraid because that is the beginning. Brian, we were in a church service a couple of weeks ago and your pastor said, that's what's real, the spirit, spirit world. That's the real life. And, you know, people, I think, relate pain to death. They think it's going to be painful to die because you're in pain when, when you're sick, you're in pain when you have broken bones, or, you know, you're always pain when you're suffering, but there's no, no pain in death. I mean, <laughs> imagine it. You may be in pain because of affliction you may have, but then there's peace, you know, and then you're home with the Lord. I mean, wow. And you close your eyes here and you open your eyes there. I think that is just fantastic. Amen. And how could, how could, how could you, I can't be afraid of that. I could just be looking forward to it. Yeah. Penny brings us our, asks our next question. She says, when we die, will we go right to heaven or will we sleep until we all get together? It's it's an interesting question because mm-hmm. there has been a lot of discussion about this. And I know uh, that many Christians believe we sleep. I know um, <clears throat> Seventh-day Adventists believe that uh, we're asleep until the resurrection, and maybe maybe our body is asleep. But my personal feeling is that our soul and our spirit are with with Jesus as soon as we die. And I'm basing that on some scriptures. Second Corinthians five eight says, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
And Luke 23, 43, when Jesus was on the cross with the two thieves and and the one thief said, uh, Lord, when you enter your kingdom, remember me. And he said, you know, I, I say unto you today, you will be with me in paradise. So that's my personal thought on that subject. Uh, but there are many scriptures that talk about sleeping. And Jesus said of Lazarus, he, he's asleep. And, uh, and then there was a, a woman's uh, daughter that had a fever and everyone said she died. And he said, no, she's asleep. And they laughed at him and he raised her from the dead. He woke her up. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? I, I tend to think along the same line you do. And you just kind of shared every scripture I could have possibly brought to bear. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but the one that came to my mind was the thief on the cross. That's the one I always come back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll be with me in paradise. Yeah. Brian? Did you know, it's, it- he talks about people sleeping, and on sleep, I always thought meant death in the Bible. I mean, until you said, of course, when they thought Lazarus was was dead. No, he's only sleeping. Um, but when we when we die, we actually sleep in Christ. We're going to sleep in Christ. And over in uh, Thessalonians, Thessalonians, Thessalonians four, yeah, First Thessalonians <laughs> four thirteen and fourteen says, "But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, hmm. those who have died, mm-hmm. lest your sorrow as others who have, go- have have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. And I'm thinking that if, you're, if we're going to sleep." We're in that beautiful place. It might be a dream we're thinking of. Like we said, Beth saw heaven. We're going to a beautiful place. It is not the heaven we're going to end up in, but it is a place that we're going to be with Jesus. And if we're, if we're not here, we're awake there. So we're asleep here, but we're awake with Christ wherever he's at now because we're part of his body now. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's good. I just looked up in 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty. It says, you know, which that's a... a chapter that really focuses on the return of Christ. It says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, you know, I guess it depends on how you look at those verses. You know, is your body asleep and then that's resurrected, but your spirit's with the Lord? I don't know. And, and I don't claim to really have the corner on the answer to that, but that's just just what I've surmised mm-hmm. um, over the years and from scriptures. All right. Who's next? Um, I got one from Victoria. It says, will we recognize our spouses as spouses or just friends? That's a good one. <laughs> um, I think we will recognize them myself. I think we'll, we'll recognize them uh, that they were our spouses. Or we may have been together with them here, but we're not going to be married in heaven. The, the Bible tells us over in um, Matthew twenty-two thirty. I uh, said, as the rest, as at the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. So we're going to be have angelic bodies. We're going to be like the angels. And our main purpose there is to worship God. We are going to be worshiping him. And it's not that we have to worry about what our spouse is doing or our kids are doing or that. But I think we will recognize them. We may have friends in heaven like that. We'll be hanging with them. But at the same time, we are there to worship Christ. And I really believe that that's going to happen to us there. Because when you look at it, when we're getting married here, it says to death do us part. But then after death do us part, you can remarry. You know, you're, so you're, you're remarrying again. So when you get to heaven, all of a sudden I'm going, wait a minute, I have my first wife, but she passed away and I got my second wife here. And 
But no, it's not like that at all. We will recognize them, but I don't think we're going to be joined at the hip with them like we are here on Earth. Does that mean you we know, can... You know, another interesting... <laughs> Thought. I'm sorry, I was, I was just going to make a joke there and say, does that mean we'll date around? <laughs> <laughs> well, you will. <laughs> well, when the question said, will we recognize our spouses? Spouses are just friends. I mean, there's some spouses that are not friends anyhow. So that it might <laughs> they may be. not be there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, what I was going to say was, what do you think when we get up there, will we recognize Everybody, will we know there's Moses going by? How will we know who's who? Do we have to all wear name tags? <laughs> I mean, I, I have a feeling we're gonna we're gonna be in, in a state where we'll know. Yeah, will will we be praising the Lord? And we look over there and we see Moses. Hey, Moses, can I get a quick selfie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're a hero of mine. <laughs> will you sign this I tablet mean, for me, David? Quick, <laughs> all these tablet. Bible characters. How are we gonna know who they are, or will we? Will yeah. we automate? It's gonna be so interesting up there. <laughs> Yeah, it you know, those it are questions be. we don't know. And really, Brian really quoted the only verse that I know of in the Bible that addresses it. But it's interesting when it says, you know, we'll be like the angels. And I guess in that yeah. way of not marrying. Yeah. But, you know, when Jesus and Moses and Elijah came down to talk with Jesus, the disciples recognized them as Moses and Elijah. And they never seen them before. That's true. Because they talked about that. Good point. So just yeah. thinking about You're that. Right. So it's like, yeah, I think we're going to we're going to we will know them. We, Somehow, maybe in that spiritual being, we'll know. That's a great point. Yeah. Brian, you surprised me right there. <laughs> you know, every now and then. Because he made a great point. <laughs> yeah, you... Hey, let's go, let's go on to Debbie. She okay. says, what is the one verse that can prove mm. the Bible is true? That's kind of a loaded question yeah. there. I think initially one. it all has to foundationally be faith. If you don't have faith to believe the Bible exists, then... You don't care what scripture is in there anyhow, because you wouldn't believe it. But if you have the faith to believe the Bible is true, then I would say, number one, look at the bigger picture where all of those prophecies in the Old Testament were fulfilled in the New Testament and how right. all those scriptures intertwine. And there are no mistakes in all that. But if I was to Come down to one verse. I would use 2 Timothy 3.16 that mm -hmm. says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Mm -hmm. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So it's all inspired by God. Every word is God-breathed, and that's yeah. kind of the verse I come to. I like that. Yeah, I would point to the, the prophecies in the Old Testament specifically about Christ, written hundreds of years before he ever appeared, at the accuracy yeah. that he would be born of a virgin, that he would be born in Bethlehem of Judea. Um, 700 years before he was born, a lot of, you know, Isaiah was written, and, and, and even the prophecies about how he would die and, and by his stripes we are healed. Uh, that's amazing. And you look at the Bible, the Old Testament points to his coming, Christ's coming. Mm -hmm. The New Testament is about him here in his ministry, and then later about how we are to live and then his return. It all points mm -hmm. to Jesus. Yeah. And I'll tell you, that another thing that proves the Bible, too, is the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Copper Scrolls. I think they just found some scrolls a couple years ago again. And they are, for like the original manuscript would be, they, they prove that they have followed throughout the years. They haven't been tinkered with. You know, they've always stayed true. 
And the Bible is authoritative in um, every subject it addresses, and it's without error of the original manuscripts. I just think that that just says that in itself, that yes, this, the Bible is the Word of God. It came from the Word of God. It was inspired by the Word of God, and it's been put together by God. Well, we're really running out of time, guys, and I want to get to as many of these as possible. Tammy asks, I often talk to my husband who passed away seven years ago. Do you think our dead relatives can hear us? Well, Tammy, I understand that feeling like you want to talk to your spouse because I miss Beth, and I would often go up to her cemetery and to her headstone, and I'd I'd talk out loud to her, but I guess it was more for me because I don't really... I don't know, you know, in, in Revelation, it says uh, that Revelation 21, 4, there's no sorrow in heaven. So I don't think they know anything that would make them sorrowful. Um, but but the Bible is very clear on trying to contact the dead. Uh, right. Deuteronomy eighteen eleven, you know, God gives us stern warnings, says, do not do it. Do not be around those necromancers who try to talk to the dead. Stay away mm-hmm. from that and psychics and people telling the future and things like that. So, you know, Tammy, I, I really, I don't think they hear us. What do you guys think real quickly? I agree with you. Totally agree, but I'm going to live like they do. That's oh, my plan. So like if my do. mom and dad are listening, they're proud of their boy. Right. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. You know, and I, I look at it as if, if you got to, there's a difference between talking uh, to someone and praying. Mm. And when people start using it like an intermediary, you know, they start going that uh, they're, they're praying to like they're praying. Uh, well, to, uh, there's different saints in that, but they use the person that's, that's already gone talking to them as if they're praying to them. Like, I, you know, I got to get into heaven. <laughs> that's, that's, that's bad. And first Timothy two, five says that Christ is the only mediator between God and man. And it would violate this to pray to those in heaven. So we're, we're not to pray to people or angels or anything else but God. Right. Brian, I think you can get our next question in here. It is um, from Chrissy. Uh, how can I make sure I have confessed every sin uh, ever from my younger days that I may have forgotten about? Thanks, Dan. Thanks for putting that one in my lap. Yeah, um, no problem. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you're the man for the job. Uh, yeah. uh, Chrissy, I'll tell you, I believe that God has already <laughs> registered every sin that we have he knows and we don't need to remember them all i mean we've done them, we've committed them. we know that and we're confessing our sins and when we're asking we're actually asking him to forgive us of our sinful nature and and to forgive us as a whole and uh i don't think it's just specific sins i think it's for all the sins that we've committed and to keep us that would help us prevent that from doing again to keep us away from that because repentance is you're going one way and then you're repenting saying I forgive me of this and I'm turning and I'm going the other way now and I want to yeah. follow this route. And so I don't think you have to sit there and worry about that. Oh, man, I think I forgot about the sin I did when I was in ninth grade. You know, right. can't, I don't think God yeah. expects that because it says Christ, you know, he forgave us. He forgot our sins. Right. So right. we're asking him for forgiveness one, and he forgives us. One thing you can do is ask God to bring those sins to your mind if you're worried about them. But I agree. I don't think God, you know, when you ask him, Lord, every sin I've ever committed, the ones I even I can't remember, please forgive me. He does. He yeah. said he's faithful and just to forgive right. us our sins. Terry, what are your thoughts? Yeah, totally agree. Totally okay. agree. Yeah. Hey, Terry, can we get our favorite Bible verse? Yeah, this next one is kind of fun for us. Nancy's asked what our favorite Bible verse is and why and the favorite book of the Bible and why. 
And so I think we were asked this one other time, and I had used mm-hmm. a different verse, but at different times in my life, I have different verses that mean more. And right. so I'm looking at Romans 8:28 and hanging on to that as we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Just to have that comfort of knowing that all things work together for good, no matter what I'm going through. And then my favorite book is the book of James. It's very applicable and practical and still talks about faith, but it's in a very practical way. So I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to stay in the same chapter. Romans 8, 38 and 39 are my favorite. Uh, for I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love that because nothing can separate us from that. My favorite book's the book of Daniel, not because I'm oh, named after oh, Daniel. Lord, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Not have a just book because Brian. my mom named me Daniel, <laughs> but it, that's a hard name to live up to, but just the faith. <laughs> You know, that he yeah. and the stories of the Hebrew children, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and, and Daniel, they stood up, they stood for the Lord, they faced, you know, they just overcame their fear. They knew that God was going to protect them. I admire that faith so much. Yeah. Yeah, and right now, you know, I think last time I, I was quoting Romans eight twenty eight, but the, I, I, I vary, like you said, Terry, how things are going and, and what I'm studying, what I'm looking at. And right now it's Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all his righteousness will be added unto you. And I believe that because I really felt at the beginning of this year, God spoke to me and the Holy Spirit came over me at church and saying, hang on, this is a year of fearless faith going to take off. And I mm. said, that I'm, I'm giving him everything I can in seeking his kingdom and watching this righteousness be added unto us. I'm really looking at that. My favorite book is the book of John, and, and it has been for a long time, but mainly because it's, um, it, it talks about Jesus and his salvation. And it just reminds me of his love and where we're going and why he came to this earth. But it's also there because that's what the first book I want to share with anybody that's just accepted Christ. I say, read the book of John, read Mm -hmm. the book of John first, if you really want to know him, because it's about having this relationship and reading that book will give you that relationship. You'll learn more about him and get closer than ever before. So we say thank you to everyone on our Facebook page. That's Fearless Faith Ministries or FFM 60, where we do our morning cups of inspiration. If you want a little three-minute morning cup of inspiration with your coffee, join us there. Give our page a a like or a follow. Follow us and and tell others about Finish Strong. This podcast has really been gaining traction, and uh, we are so thankful for that. We're thankful to our producer, John Matarazzo, who's been teaching us this unique world of podcasting because he's a master at it. Check out his podcast called Along the Way. He has just fascinating interviews. He had a guy once on there that was a former host on QVC that was just Here we go. amazing. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> wow. I didn't know you had him on. Yeah. And I bet his favorite book is John. <laughs> Daniel. Okay. And, and let's get a little respect. Come on. I'm kind of a big deal. Okay. Like Ron Burgundy of Anchorman. Just kidding, folks. Just kidding. Thanks for joining us. And uh, join us next time. You never know what's going to happen on Finish Strong. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.